welcome to Architecture Talk Tang. I am Sara Colada, an architect and organizer of the Disrupt Symposium, the first of its kind business of architecture event, bringing to stage major architecture practices to cover topics related to entrepreneurship and practice operations within the AEC industry. I am an architecture business development consultant and my goal is to raise the financial well-being of architects through effortless business growth. Each podcast episode features an expert or thought leader from the AEC industry who shares their journey, challenges and advice. Now, let's dive into this episode and welcome our guest for an exclusive interview. Everybody. Welcome to Architecture Talk Time with Sara Colata. Today I have Simone de Gaulle uh, with me on the talk. Uh, you know, elections for RIBA is coming up on the 14th of this month, and she's running to stay um, as a national council member that she's basically taking as a position right now at the RIBA. She's done it for three years and she wants to continue her candidacy for the next 10. And I am very, very, very much um, supporting her and what she stands for because of the fact that she very much um, kind of like her whole work is very much focused on the very similar uh, work and message that I oriented my, um, my, you know, my, my YouTube channel and my message and my uh, influencer uh, blog writing and everything that I do as well as the work uh, as a consultant for architects and and as well as education academics all about basically raising your value as an architect and really communicating your business value to the to your audience to your customers and general public and what Simone stands for is very much that so I'll let her introduce herself properly and tell you a little bit about herself but we're going to be talking about how you can raise your value as an architect and basically how how important it is to be part of the RIBA as a member especially if you're in the UK and really support their actions because it's a body that wants to basically improve your career your um, your work as an architect and people like Simone are working towards that um, so Simone, thank you so very much for joining me on the talk today. I'm excited to have you. I'm really excited to support you. And tell us a little bit more about you, please. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on your talk show. It's so exciting. Um, and it's really nice that architects are um, being creative and taking initiatives like this, you know, I think it's fabulous to have a platform. And um, so basically me, I'm an architect and I've been qualified for nearly 10 years now and that's the same amount of time that I've been running a practice. So I started a company as soon as I finished university um, and it's just been fantastic. It's been a real journey. You know, I started off just by myself working on these tiny little projects um, and now, you know, we've got an international portfolio. We've got master plan projects. We've got, you know, some, some beautiful work and a team and it's just fantastic. And um, I started... Um, being a, a national council member three years ago in 2017. So 
I was getting, I was always involved in like sort of RIBA initiatives. And in 2017, I said, you know, I wanted to stand to be a council member to improve the, the offerings of the RIBA, to improve its perception and just to really let um, it be an institute that uh, architects can respect and, you know, that they can turn to for support. And so in 2017, I won the National Council member seat, which was fantastic. And then very quickly, I was able to get involved in um, the uh, like some real hard work at the RIBA. So the first project that I participated in was this huge um, commercial deal, which was to sell off one of the subsidiary companies of the RIBA. And it was amazing because I was involved at a very high level in the business negotiations. And I was able to um, secure uh, 59 million pounds um, of cash being invested into the RIBA as part of my um, council working group, um, of which there were six members. And so that was fantastic. Um, and then the RIBA also managed to secure 42.5% uh, shareholding in the new business um, which was being invested in. So in the future, we have the opportunity to make further revenue from that transaction. So that was great because um, you know, we got to pay off all of the RIBA debts. The RIBA is now financially sound and it now gives the RIBA um, an opportunity to invest in a, a whole suite of programs. So the first program, which we've already started, um, you know, working on is a, a value of the architect promotional scheme and so this has been announced and it's it's um, ongoing at the moment and this is you know the RIBA taking out advertising um, pages in in newspapers in in the hot magazines and also you know on billboards around the UK predominantly um, but I'm, I'm quite certain that there's some taking place internationally and this is to promote the value of an architect and you know why um, potential clients should engage with an architect for their projects and just basically the sort of quality that an architect an RIBA chartered architect provides um, for the, the work that they're doing and that, so that's fantastic and then the second program which is underway as well is called the Architects Underground Club and so this is like an amazing um, like initiative, like this is a cultural sort of event which takes place, it, uh, it used to take place um, once a week, but I believe they're doing it bi-weekly now. And it's at the RIBA headquarters at um, 66 Portland Place. And basically it's like a sort of open house evening where like artisans, um, poets, musicians, and of course architects, they, they all come together and they just cre get creative, you know, they, they um, you know, talk about architecture, talk about art, and um, just having a different kind of connection within the community to say, you know, um, we, we have a cool edge, you know, we're interesting people, you know, and just like just opening up the RIBA for people to engage with. And um, so these are two of the programs which have already started rolling out um, uh, after that huge investment that's been made into the RIBA. So that's been fantastic. And then also uh, my second role was to part was to become the chairwoman of the audit and oversight committee. So, you know, the RIBA has a, a number of committees under um, the, the charity. And um, one of them is the audit and oversight committee, which oversees all of like the accountancy, the governance and um, 
and it and the staff and it basically is like an inspection of what's being done and how it can be improved and I've been really privileged to have that role because one of the main things that I'm interested in um, is like you know turning the the reputation of the RIBA around you know make in enforcing like a good reputation and like stripping away that that sort of negative perception which i know a lot of architects have and so what i've been working really hard for through the audit committee is to find ways that we can you know um work with the coo of the riba and 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 get staff retention um levels better so you know we want the riba to be a place where people you know aspire to work you know um we want it to be a brand that people recognize and they work really hard like to get the job and then once they get the job at the RIBA they you know want to make their careers out of it so you know we're, we're working really hard to um like improve the staff retention and you know just understand what people want when they're going for a job and why people would want to stay so um the reason why I'm standing this year is because the the tenure is for three years um as as a as a council member so um I'm I'm obliged to stand again and um, you know I, I didn't have to stand again but I, I I want to stand again I want to continue the work because it's been so um, enjoyable and it's been so exciting because there's been so many opportunities for me over the last three years to really get involved at the RIBA to really like speak up for what I what I stand for and you know um, come up with some innovative ideas and bring it to the table and then to be able to facilitate that and I don't want that work to be lost. I want it to, you know, continue. You know, we're we're, we're moving forward, and I want to keep pushing it and drive um, the the agenda home so that we can really improve the institute. So that over the next three years, I can work hard to to bring that um, that vision to reality. And so when when I leave my role, because you you can as a maximum stand six years in a row you know when i leave the the riba in another three years time i can look to it and say you know oh yes it's improved or or uh, myself as a business i can benefit because i can i know that there's new services i know that there that the um, membership the membership benefits have improved and so it will be beneficial for me as well, you know, as, as a business person. And so I, I'm just willing to work really hard. Um, you know, I've got the ideas. I know um, a lot of people um, in the RIBA now and I've, I've established some really good relationships with them. So, you know, people like working with me and I just want to continue that work so, so that we can drive it home over the next three years. Amazing, amazing. I really applaud your motivation and your determination to do that. And I wanted to ask you a little bit more about, you know, obviously you come from practice, you have all that experience of running your own practice for 10 years. And I, I bet starting in London wasn't easy. So um, what are the kind of major experiences that you're bringing into your candidacy right now and changes that you want to implement in the RIBA coming from the experience of your practice. Architecture Talk Tank is sponsored by the good people at Integrated Projects. A team of architects and technologists focus on the digitalization of the built environment. Did you know that there are more existing buildings in this world than websites? Yet only 0.0001% have been digitized. In response to this, the Integrated Projects team 
launched BIMIT to digitize any space imaginable. Offices, homes, mechanical spaces, you name it. Now any architect, engineers or reality capture specialists can convert their 3D scan into LOD 200 BIM just in hours, not weeks or months. Why does this matter? Well, now we can accurately view, verify and quantify the spaces that we design, build and operate. To learn more about BIMIT, visit www.integrated-projects.com forward slash Sarah Colada. Well, you know, like it's, uh, as I said, I've been running my company for nearly 10 years now and it's been such a journey and, you know, I'm a really ambitious person. I'm very, very optimistic. But when I first um, started like practicing, um, you know, I was, I was disheartened from time to time because um, like, you know, when you're studying as a student, you really look up to the RIBA and you have, you know, uh, you, like that's where you want to be. You want to be an RIBA chartered architect. Um, but then when I became um, chartered, like, and I had, um, you know, chartered colleagues, like I, I found a lot of like negative, um, you know, um, connotations being referred to the RIBA. And, you know, I, 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 I like, I found that members found that it wasn't serving them well. They thought, you know, why are they paying um, their membership fees? Um, you know, what are they getting out of the RIBA besides the letters that, you know, behind their name? And so, um, it made me really want to sort of challenge that that thought because you know I'm a very optimistic person and because I started my company when I was quite young you know it was um, I've still got that sort of um, ambition ambition and a little bit of na naivety about me um, so you know I've had experiences through working where um, you know it's been quite tough because I'm a business person and I come from a business background, um, you know, in terms of like my family, I've always been like an entrepreneur and, um, uh, you know, I would just find incidents where, um, would be putting forward our, uh, our fee proposal to clients and, um, it was a respected fee proposal, but then, you know, would be, um, competing with a number of other architects who would then do like whole designs for these clients without even being commissioned, without even being paid, but, you know, they were doing these designs so that they could win the work. And so from, for me, I, I was like, you know, how are we ever going to compete against these these architects who are chartered and um, but are giving away all of their work for free just so that they can win the job and then even when they win the job they might be um charging something like which is maybe 20 percent of what we we would charge which would be a reasonable fee and so it just didn't make any sense to me and you know from my perspective i'm i don't ever want us to go down that route where we're throwing away our good hard work, um, you know, for, for next to nothing. I want the, the architect to be respected and I want the, the value of our work to be acknowledged and to be respected within, um, within the industry. And so our, part of the work that I'm trying to do at the RIBA also through my candidacy is to improve the business relations that we have, the perception of the architect, you know, um, as I said, like even this value of an architect um, commission, which is already uh, underway, it's, it's, it's so important that that architect 
artists can value themselves and can value the quality of the work and also understand the importance of what they're doing when they do give away their work for free. You know, not only are they giving their way away their work for free, they're actually putting themselves in a position of liability. You know, I, I recently read an article about um, an, a lady architect that was taken to court because she gave some free advice to her neighbors as to what they should do with their property. And um, they took the advice and because it didn't go well with them, they then decided to sue her. And, you know, it just makes, it, it just makes me think, my goodness, you know, what are us architects really putting ourselves into? You know, I, I would not put ourselves in that position, you know, when we're, uh, we, we need to have contracts in place, um, which sometimes I find even through these articles I read, architects are not putting contracts in place. You know, that's the absolute minimum. You need to have a contract in place when you're engaging with a client. And then, you know, you need to charge good fees because they need to see the value of that work. And through my experience, like the clients, we've got some really good clients. Um, and the clients that we've worked with, you know, we will always charge them for every single piece of work that we do. Even if um, I'm writing like a, a, a recommendation letter or a briefing note, we will charge the client for that because when we charge the client, the client knows that they're going to pay for that piece of work and therefore they value that piece of work much higher than if you're just giving away something for, for free. So for me, as a business person, it's really important for, for me to get that message across to architects and to get it through the RIBA Institute um, so that we can find ways that we can improve the, the engagement that our fellow architects have with their clients so that we can build a better um, sort of standard as to what the expectation of an architect is, you know, uh, it, I think it's very painful um, for me to, to, to acknowledge that us as architects, we study for like seven years minimum before we're even qualified. So for someone, for a young person to invest that much time into their studies and their career, and then when they get out the other side, it's like a battle to get the jobs, a battle to get the fees, you know, putting themselves in liabilities, not being respected. I mean, it's just, it's so painful for me to think of that because, you know, as a business person, it's a potentially somewhere a position that I could put myself in, but I'm so determined, like not to be on, be, um, in that position that you know it, it pains me to see other architects go through that so i just want to work really hard to improve the position of architects to improve um the, the the reputation we have with regards to our work with regards to liability and with regards to quality and our the standard of our fees um so that you know we can set a better benchmark so that whenever anyone is approaching an architect they know automatically from the get-go that they should be expecting to pay a certain level of fees for that service. And in that regard, you know, it will just be easier for architects to operate. They won't have to offer their services for free because they know that no one else is offering their services for free. So once we eradicate that whole mentality, it will just be much easier for 
architects who might not have so much confidence in business to say, you know, the RIBA recommends we charge this amount, that's what we're going to do. So anything that we can do through the RIBA to empower architects who are operating by themselves or through practices, um, that's 100% what I'm going to be working on over the next three years. And that is really amazing. And I think that the message that you just shared with us right now really drives their action home, which is, you know, to actually educate the general public about the value of an architect, because I think that this problem has many layers. One layer is that within our kind of education um, background, we don't really get much business. So I think that the reason why architects don't put forward contracts, they don't know how to negotiate their prices, the reason that they undercut themselves is because they are actually lacking basic business education about how to really put value onto your work, how to um, put value into even the tiny things like consultancy, like little letters that you write, all that things, because all of this derives not only from, it's not you sitting down at, the, at your desk and doing it over five minutes, it's not your time, it's the expertise that comes behind what you're doing right now. So you're able to provide that letter, to provide that drawing, to provide that expertise, advice, because you've studied it for seven years, because you've paid for your education, because you've been working so hard to get here, because you've done your internships for free. And all of that takes time uh, to bring you to that level. And I think that it takes really a mentality switch for architects to really understand that, but it really kind of comes from that background of business and understanding your value and how to really communicate that through negotiation skills as well as actually putting your foot forward and saying, I'm not doing it only for myself and my practice, but also for the whole industry of architects. I'm standing, you know, behind all my fellow colleagues, because if we do go lower than that price, then we're unfortunately going to drive the industry down. And then I think on the level of institution, which is something that the reason why I support you is because you're working on the institutional level with that problem. It's really that the RIBA can set up standards, which you talk about, standards where really if the architects look up be like pricing um, examples, right? Where there is like perhaps a fee structure to everything that you can provide, then it's so much easier to understand how to price your work and that, yeah, it's okay to price your work based on one letter you've got to provide or a certain type of expertise that you share because even 15 minutes of your time, it's not 15 minutes, it's the years that kind of lead to you being able to actually provide that expertise. So I think that it's, it's all those things of educating general public about our values, educating ourselves about business and how to do it right, as well as actually working on the institutional level. And I really like the fact that you're actually approaching it on all these levels. And I think that it's really money well spent. Also on, on top of that all, I think that really what motivates you, Simone, and, uh, is really that you have the experience within the practice and you understand what it takes to actually negotiate for those prices and talk to clients and see what really is happening in the industry. And I think that your story can resonate with a lot of other architects because we all are experiencing the same once we are landing our deals and we're negotiating our prices. Um, I think a lot of us are going through a very similar situation where we find our fellow calling undercutting prices. And that unfortunately is the drive towards a certain decline in the industry. This episode of Architecture Talk Tank is brought to you by the MGS Global Group. 
a team that provides on-demand CAD and BIM drafting, as well as renderings for architecture firms. In today's environment, with everyone experiencing a surge in projects and staffing challenges, MGS Global can deliver your drawings on time and within your budget. So why work with MGS Global? Their customer service is exceptional and they provide quality for value. They have completed over 5,000 projects worldwide, a testament to their work. Now you can focus on design and let MGS do the rest. Check them out at www.mgsglobalgroup.com. Well, I mean, that's that's what I found, and you know, I've it's it's been like it's been a little bit of a challenge, but I've I've always stayed strong in this mentality, and you know, I mean, I've ha of course I've had loads of clients like say can't you just do this for free or you know even when I've been working with them for a long period of time and I just say no but there's there's another um sort of way that I I work on this is that is that I say um to a client you know if you want this piece of work it's gonna cost you this much and um then the client has the chance to say yes they want the work or no they don't and it's it's never an issue when they say no and i tell you why because when they say no they don't want the work all that means is that your time can be spent on working on another project where the client is paying you so you know the 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 fact that they say no it should also be like um a message to you that they don't want to pay you for this particular piece of work so do they actually respect you in that manner you know you need to really or us as architects we really need to understand the value of what we're doing when we're engaging with our clients and once we understand that it gives us a much better playing field in terms of running a business you know as i said we charge for everything we charge for the design we charge for the consultation for the procurement for the project management anything that's involved in the you know the, the the in engaging our services we um you know we 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 charge our client i'm not saying that the client doesn't benefit in other ways you know i mean you know some of our projects we get um we get coverage in magazines so for the client you know once they see their project in the magazine that's like, you know, an added bonus to the quality of their project. So, you know, in that regard, maybe they can charge more to their tenants or maybe when they're selling the asset, they can sort of bump the price up a bit. So, you know, there's, there's give and take. But I think you just have to be very business savvy when you're engaging with your client because you don't want to take be taken advantage of and you want to have a good relationship with your client and you know you want you want it to continue and you also want to build your reputation so anything that i can do like going back into a next three-year term at the riba you know this is what i want to drive home the last three years we um I helped to bring money into the RIBA, so we've got the money, we can do the programs. Now I want to drive, you know, the agenda home. I want to improve the staff retention and the reputation of the RIBA, and I want to improve the, the um, support which is provided to architects in terms of running their businesses, in terms of being confident in their work. And, you know, I, I'm, I, as I said, I've got a really good relationship now at the RIBA, so I'm so determined and I know that my ideas will just be welcomed.
Absolutely. And so on that note, guys, if you do feel like resonant with this message and you support Simone as much as I do, please follow the link below this video and vote. It's on the 14th, right? What time does the voting close? Uh, it closes on the 4th of August at 5 p.m. Okay. But I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait. Just as soon as the 14th of July arrives, just vote, please. Exactly. Just vote and uh, take part in it. It's so very important because it's really shifting the way that you are guiding through running your business and then your the way that you can succeed within the business. So if you're chartered in the UK and if you're a member and if you can't vote, in the UK, please follow the link and support Simone. I will also upload, um, I mean, I will also post her uh, LinkedIn so you can communicate with Simone if you wanted to talk to her and perhaps there's some business opportunity or advice, whatever, you can reach out to her. And also, please, if you do vote, share this video on your social media and share the message with other people so that she can get more votes and win. Um, any last words, Simone? <laughs> Just thank you so much, Sarah, for, you know, uh, your interest in speaking to me and for, to provide this platform for me so that, I, so that I can speak to more RIBA members. And absolutely, you know, I'm working so hard to build this campaign and to get as many votes as possible because there's only two seats available for the National um, Council member and there's 10 candidates. So, you know, I'm just working so hard so that I can be one of the candidates that wins one of those seats. So, you know, please everyone just vote for me if, you know, you, you like what I'm saying and, and if you agree that we need to improve um, our position. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time, Simone, to join me on my talk. And yeah, guys, go down to the link and press about 14th of July. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Ciao. Bye. Architecture Talk Tank has its own frequency. We're not a regular podcast, but we are here for you. Always. If you have a suggestion for a guest or have a story that others in this community can benefit from, please contact me via social media or email me directly at me at saracolada.com. To sign up for my newsletter, simply go to the website saracolada.com. I am on Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. You can find me by typing my name, Sarah Colada. Come say hi. I'm always excited when you reach out. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.